Good morning. You had long enough to greet. It's time to get serious. It's time to get down to business. Of course, there's still people upstairs. They're going to they're gonna miss the beginning parts of the business. So uh, I'm going to start with um, Wednesday night. We had a time of worship prayer here that was, um, I, I say this all the time because I want every time, every month I want to keep saying this because I want more of you to start coming. Um, but the Lord did not disappoint once again. Um, the presence of the Lord was filling this place strong Wednesday night. We got to the end of the time of worship and prayer, and I'm like, I come up and I just prayed, and I'm like, should I close? Maybe not. So I kind of did like a halfway close where I'm like, you can stay if you want to. You can pray still if you want to, but I'm sitting down. And um, I sat down over here, and I'm, I'm sitting down. Now, granted, the presence of the Lord was very strong, and it was very peaceful. One of those things where you, you ever been in the presence of the Lord where it's like literally you feel like you're melting in his presence and you just can't really do much except for just like that. Um, that's kind of how I felt, at least. And um, so I thought we were pretty much going to be done. I thought I'd give a minute, maybe somebody wanted to pray, and then we'd close. And the room got, well, a couple people prayed after that, and then the room just got quiet. Nobody was leaving for like 25 minutes of just quiet and maybe a person praying here and there. Um, during that time, multiple times, I tried to open my mouth to pray to close. And I'm, I'm not kidding you, this is true. Um, I would open my mouth to begin to pray to close, and I'd be like, I couldn't get it out. It was like the Lord was like shutting my mouth. I don't know if you ever had that experience before, but I think the Lord's always telling me to shut up anyway. But, um, but I kept trying to, so I, just, I, I decided, you know what, the Lord is not done yet. So we're just going to sit, and it just continued to move. Um, and I, I love when the presence of the Lord is so strong like that, to where not only um, are we feeling the presence of the Lord, but then He speaks to us. And um, we're going to go into a new series. I'm calling it Frequency because we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God. Um, we live in a time where the church is so, and I actually had conversations recently with people regarding why they're not in church so-called because they're, they still believe they're just not going to, part, to church. And like, well, the church has become so structured and there's so much this, that, this, like we have our own axioms or how we flow that is just like in a box and it doesn't go anywhere. We're not listening to the Lord. Or we kind of box out the Lord, like we have our structures and how we want to do things to appeal to people, but there's really no move of the Spirit. There's no allowing the Lord to speak. And then when the Lord does speak, a lot of times we still get caught up in our own structure of how we want to do things, and we actually almost ignore the Lord, and we keep going, 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 and we don't wonder why now we're not seeing God move, and it's because we have stopped listening to Him. And some people don't even know that He speaks. I've been saved for like 10 years, and I've not ever heard the voice of the Lord except for when I read on pages. You can see the scriptures, you read them, you can see the words of the Lord. And the question sometimes is, does God still speak, and does He only speak through the scripture? Um, matter of fact, there was this uh, pastor who was down south. I actually just read this in a book. Um, he was down south, being the good pastor that he was, a part of a denomination that believes that, the only, that literally God stopped speaking at the end of when the scriptures were all put together, that God no longer speaks unless it's in black and white or red and white of his Jesus words. And that's it. God doesn't speak outside of that. Well, this pastor who's a part of this organization all of a sudden started experiencing a move of the Holy Spirit happening within their church body. And the Holy Spirit's moving in their church body, and he's starting to allow it to happen a little bit. And all of a sudden, somebody gives a prophetic word like we had this morning. People start giving a little bit of a word here and there. And it, it, somehow the word gets out 
to the people who are head of the organization that this pastor is allowing these weird things that happen in the church where people are saying that they're hearing from the Lord and giving a prophetic word. So they call him into the office. I don't know, you guys maybe not be part of a denomination, but I, I have been. So I, I know what it's like to be in front of the firing squad on certain issues. Sometimes I'm the reason why I'm there. I say, I want to meet with you. We're going to talk about some things. But you get in this meeting with people, and for three hours, they just badgered him over and over and over again about this and that and the other, questioning him, asking him questions about this, theology, what he's allowing, what he's doing. And finally, at the end of it, they asked him the question, do you believe that the people who are speaking out in your church are actually hearing from God and speaking his words? And he said, well, when it comes to things like this, you know, I believe there are structures. I believe there's accountability. I think we have the scripture gives us warnings about allowing just anything that we should test everything. But yes, I believe that they're hearing from the Lord and they're speaking. And their response was, well, that's where we got you. You ever have that happen in a meeting? You said something and they, that's where we got you. And they pulled out a Bible, opened it up and said, if you can't show us in black and white on paper, chapter, verse, book, all of it, then if you think it's from God, you're adding to Scripture. And you know what happens to those who say they who add to Scripture? It was kind of the response. And so this is the mindset they have, and his response to them was, well, you sat here and asked me questions for three hours. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure, you can ask us a question. His response then was, are you called to preach? Yes. Who called you to preach? The guy who was in charge kind of put his head down, probably knew where it was going with this. He had to ask it again. Who called you to preach? Well, God did. And he said, in the same way that God spoke to you to call you to preach, God still speaks to the church today. We have structures, we have rules, we have guidelines according to Scripture. We have to, we have to stay within those things. We have to test every spirit according to Scripture. But God still speaks to the church. And that is a question now for us as a church who allow. We see, we see every week we have a word from the Lord, and people are speaking these things, and it's really good. Um, but are we on a daily basis? Is our communication with God one way, where I just talk a real lot and tell him all the things I think he should do? Or do I occasionally or even daily take the time to listen to the Lord? And if you take time to listen to the Lord, if he speaks to you, do you obey what he says or do you then try to rationalize again and begin to go down that road that you've always gone down because here's the thing, when the Lord speaks, I respond by faith and obedience and I just do it. That's really what he wants. And as we do that, what happens is more and more and more he speaks and more and more and more you begin to clearly hear the Lord. I think I, my experience has been the more I obey him, the more I hear him. Because when I stop obeying, all of a sudden it gets blocked. I stop listening, and all of a sudden I start thinking about how i got to figure things out. You can't figure it out. You need the Lord. The Word is written. It's amazing, and we should always trust that. But we have a relationship with the Lord. And a relationship is a two-way thing, right? It, is, it requires conversations. Conversations require two people or three people talking. So if you have a relationship with the Lord, He is going to talk to you, Right? The question is, are we listening? So go back in, in the Old Testament. There are a lot of voices that we can hear. And we see this even early on in Scripture. When Adam and Eve were walking with God in the garden, they were just having this kind of, they had, this is how it was meant to be to begin with. So they're walking in fellowship with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to them and showed them, don't take from this tree. Remember all that tough stuff that God literally said, don't do this. 
So then later on, a serpent comes along. So you have God's voice. Then you have the enemy's voice coming in and telling you all the things that you should do that you know you shouldn't do. Even though God already told them not to do it, the serpent comes along and speaks. And then what happens? Eve listens to the serpent's voice. Then there's the other voice. Adam listened to Eve's voice. You understand there's voices that we listen to all the time. And then there is what I would think is the most difficult voice to deal with, and that's our own voice. If you remember scripture um, regarding Gideon, remember that we told you, I think maybe a month or two ago, we talked about Gideon and the wine vat and that whole situation there. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a week or two in, in a little different detail, different ways than I did last time. But he's in the middle of this wine vat, afraid. The weirdest thing in the world is to take wheat and take it to the wine vat because part of their culture was when they would take that wheat and beat it to, get, to separate everything, they would take it outside so the wind would blow it. Well, you're not going to get any wind inside of a wine vat, so you're kind of being counterproductive. But what I noticed in that passage so many times, over and over and over, I'm going to read this, and I'm like, this is so cool, that in his own mind, he was the worst of all of his people. He was the weakest. He wasn't good. He was all these kind of things, and he was convinced of it, and he was convinced that there's nothing he could do great, so that's why he was in the wine vat, because I can't beat this army. I can't do anything. So God sends an angel to him, and the angel speaks to him and says to him, mighty warrior. He calls him something that he did not see in himself, but the Lord saw it, and then the Lord spoke it. So you have the voice of yourself that tells you you can't do it. And then even though God sent an, a literal angel, like, I mean, come on, if you're, I, I, we don't get that today. Like, I have to literally press in and be at a place where I'm really quiet and listening to the Lord to hear from the Lord. But Gideon literally had an angel show up, and he's like, oh, there's an angel. He starts talking to him, having this conversation with an angel. You're a mighty warrior. You go do this, and you're going to win the battle. And what does he do? Because sometimes our own voice is the strongest voice in the room. So he wasn't convinced. He had to do a fleece. So he continued on. I need, to, I need more proof. It's an angel in front of you. Are you blind or just dumb? Probably both. Carolyn Back said both. And I think we're all guilty of that at times. That the Lord speaks to us. And we don't believe what he's saying about us because I've convinced myself that I'm not capable or worthy. So we have all these voices that are vying for our attention and we have to learn to get to a place where we can listen to the Lord clearly. Understand, the, word, the words that we hear, one of the words you hear in Scripture a lot in the New Testament um, regarding uh, the voice or he hearing the voice of the Lord is kind of mentioned 28 different times, actually, in NAS, NASB version of the Bible. You, you hear the phrase, um, hear the word of the Lord. So that's 28 times. In Revelation, he talks to the seven churches. What does he say over and over and over again? The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All of those passages are speaking literally of a spoken word. So it's important that we learn that hearing the word of the Lord is every bit as important, as precious as reading the word of the Lord. They coexist. They work together. One doesn't contradict the other. If it does, then you throw out what you thought you heard. Right? That's truth. But they're both vital because you have a living, breathing relationship with the Lord. 
and he loves you and he's constantly trying to speak to you. The word tells me how I should live, gives me these, you should not do this, you should do this. Um, these are the things that you, habits you need to create, things you need to do. But so, so I've called you to preach, you all go into the world to preach the gospel. That's the word, right? Written. But the rhema word of God would say to you, go to Zimbabwe and preach the word. It's more specific. It's instruction to you. Like the person says, I'm called to be a pastor. Well, you know that because God told you, not because it says in the scripture there are pastors, evangelists, prophets. The only way you know that you're a pastor out of all of those is that God showed you. And the same thing is true when it comes to, I'm hearing the voice of the Lord, so I know that I'm supposed to go to Zimbabwe, or I know I'm supposed to go do this. Now, I know some of you got really excited when I said that. Like, you know that you're called to Zimbabwe. Anybody? It's a really good, really good stuff going on there. You should go, at least on a mission trip. But God is constantly speaking. Are we listening? Moses had an encounter with God where fire, bush on, bushes on fire. I still think this is one of the funniest conversations in Scripture, right? If a bush catches on fire and starts talking to you, are you going to like freak out or are you going to say, who are you? Because that's what Moses did. Like me, I'm running because there's a bush on fire and a voice came out of it. I'm freaking out. But, but Moses had a conversation because God was speaking all throughout the Old Testament. I can go down the list of all the people that God spoke to, but he never stopped speaking. We see in the New Testament over and over again. But I'm going to share a couple passages because when we commonly we hear when God speaks, what we think of is that still small voice, right? David's in the cave. There's a still small voice that goes by. You hear it. In, but Jeremiah 10.13 says, when he utters his voice, there is a roar of waters in the heavens. And he makes the clouds ascend from the end of the earth. He makes a lightning for the rain, and he brings out wind from the storehouses. Psalms 29, 3-9, I love this passage. The voice of the Lord is on the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars of, yes, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon in pieces. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Assyrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. That's a, that's a good one. Deer's just walking by and the Lord speaks and then baby comes out. Little small deer. <laughs> the voice of the Lord. I just, I'm reading stuff and I'm like, I know I'm weird. And strips, and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says glory. Powerful passage about the voice of the Lord. It is important that we understand that the voice of the Lord is, is amazing and it's important, it's vital, and it's something that is living and breathing that we have access to. Back then, only some people had access to sit and have communion with the Lord. But according to Scripture, which we'll get into in a little while, you all have access. Now, I, had, I started sharing a story a few weeks back, and I, I kind of, for some reason, left that story. Um, but I, there's a friend of mine named Brian, He's a pastor up in Saginaw, and um, he's a guy who, one of those people well, I know very well and I trust very well, I can go to him about basically anything and vice versa, and um, I know he's a man that hears from the Lord, and I've always been able to, I remember I said this a couple weeks ago, I've always had that ability just to feel like I hear from the Lord. The Lord gives me instruction and I just listen and I obey and I've always done it, and there's been a few times where I've known it was not what I was supposed to do and I did it anyway. And then I paid the price for it afterwards, 
right? But there are times where I just hear the word of the Lord is completely contrary to what I think I should do. And I'm like, I'm going to do it just because I know the Lord did it. And all of a sudden, great things happen, amazing things happen. He said to me one time that um, I think that God trusts you. He gives you all these instructions and all these things he wants you to do because you've been faithful. You've been obedient every single time that he's spoken to you. And I had to remind him, no, it's not every single time. I mess up quite a bit. Sometimes I go out of my own way. And, um, and I get into a, it's my own fault, but I'll say, I told you guys a story a while back. There's a church that I ended up going and being on staff at that was a huge mistake. In my heart, I knew it wasn't the right thing. I just knew it, but I'm like, the pressure, I kept pushing, 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 and there's a, we were in this limbo in life, and I, I stepped into it and did it. And um, I regret it and don't regret it at the same time because the lessons learned now are valuable. I learned I have to stay obedient to when I actually hear the Lord. And when the Lord's speaking to me, don't do this or don't touch this. Don't do it. Don't touch it. So I've learned that it's rhythms. The Lord is in, that we're calling this frequency because when you turn the station to get to the right frequency to listen to a song, the Lord speaks in rhythms. You ever notice that when you hear something from the Lord, like the Lord gives you a word, and then all of a sudden you hear like five preachers preaching it and then a bunch of other things, the Lord speaks in rhythms like that. So I have to be able to get to the right frequency so I can hear his rhythm. And then once I'm hearing his rhythm, now I get into that same rhythm. <laughs> y'all, y'all wanted to dance just now. So I want to get into that same rhythm. And I've learned to walk in that rhythm. And every now and then I throw a wrench in it because I'm, I'm not very, I don't have a lot of rhythm. <laughs> but, uh, but I try to stay in step. I try to stay in step with it. But I've noticed at the times where I'm really listening to the Lord and He's speaking to me and I'm being obedient to the Lord, then after that, there's blessing and there's all these opportunities and God does more and all of a sudden it just keeps opening doors the more I listen to the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants to do in us. There was this, um, in our culture today, we talk about voices and people, kind of different people have a voice. God has a voice. The enemy has a voice. Well, there are people who think you're crazy if you think that God speaks to you today. Matter of fact, there's a show that's pretty popular nowadays. I don't watch it. Matter of fact, as soon as I see the person's face, I usually... <laughs> but there's a show called The View. <laughs> there we go. And uh, I'm going to change their name. The Wrong View. Just throw that one word in there, and it's a word from the Lord. It's changed everything. Yes. The, uh, the, one of the ladies in the show, her name's Joy... Whatever. She said this regarding the Christians one time. She said, on live air, it's one thing to talk to Jesus. It's another thing when Jesus talks to you. The comedian and co-host said, on The View, uh, last, it was last Tuesday, so this is an article I'm reading. That's called mental illness, if I'm not correct, hearing voices. right? So the, the idea that if you hear God, and there are people within the church world who also believe the same thing. That it's basically, if it's not written, it's not good. So I can't hear from the Lord. I want to get that out of the way today because you have to be able to hear from the Lord to serve Him. It is important. It's imperative. You can't do anything without not only the written word, but without being able to hear from the Lord. You can't lead your family, your job, your church, if you can't hear the word of the Lord. We have to get to a point where we're listening and hearing and allowing him to do what he wants. So we're going to get into a few things today. We're going to answer a couple different questions. Does God still speak? If so, why? Who does he speak to? Who does he speak through? What does he do? That kind of stuff. Um, we're going to answer a few questions today. Next week, we're going to get into, start getting into a lot more details. But, um, but we're going to go first to John chapter 10, verse 11 through 30. I'll move quickly now that we're in it. 
I am the good shepherd. The, one, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf and com- sees the wolf coming. He leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters the flock. He flees because he is a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own. I just underline that. I know my own, or write it down if you don't want to write in your Bible, but write that down. I know my own, and my own know me. Really important part of this passage. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. And they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it back. No one, who has, ta- no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the authority to lay it down, and I, I have the authority to take it back up. This, this commandment I received from my Father. Now, here, we're going to start getting into a little bit here in just a minute of what I want to get to, but I just figure I have to read the whole thing. Dissension occurred again among the Jews because of... These words. Many of them were saying, He has a demon and is insane, kind of what Joy thinks that we, <laughs> right? She probably doesn't think it's a demon, she just thinks we're insane. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, These are not the words of one who is demon possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of those who are blind, can it? At that time, the feast of, of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It, is, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple area in the portico of Solomon. I need a drink of water. Start reading a lot, talking a lot, you know. The Jews then surrounded him and began saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So I'm going to stop right there with this, but notice very clearly it's not just about listening. So the first habit we need to learn to create, because it's really important, we need to get to a point where we're able to hear the voice of God clearly. We'll talk next week and next few weeks about how we get to that point. But that's the first thing. But the next thing is that when we hear the Lord speak, don't wait. Follow Him. We have a tendency to hesitate. I remember this phrase. I hear it. It plays over my head sometimes. But delayed obedience is disobedience. If the Lord says, follow me, follow me. The Lord says, do this, do this. The Lord says, do that, do that. Right? It's kind of one of those things we have to get in the rhythm. And the rhythm is listen, do. Listen, do. This is the rhythm that we get into with the Lord. It is a constant thing that we have to be into. So the Lord wants us to hear His voice. He wants us to obey Him as well. John 8, 47 says like this, The one who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. So it's clear that if we are in Christ or in God, we should have the ability to hear His voice. Right, be able to recognize when he speaks. It's important that we do that. Again, this is not 
I think what we sometimes dumb this thing down to as it's, it's an educational thing we're doing here. Like, I just got to know the scripture like crazy. Don't take me wrong. I'm not saying don't. But what we've done is we've dumbed it down. This is all it is. And we take out the supernatural part of it, the spiritual part of it, where the Lord actually moves. And he actually hears me when I pray. And he actually speaks back. And he actually gives me instruction. And I actually should be obedient and do that. So there's rhythms. And so somebody who is in God will have that rhythm, have that ability to be in that place. And, and you might be in God and just not quite be there. You hear from God occasionally. It's just a matter of making some adjustments to get to the point where we can hear from the Lord consistently. Now, granted, even if you're hearing from the Lord consistently, there will be times where you go through a season where it's like, it is quiet, and I'm doing all the same things I've always done, and it is quiet, and there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that again later, too. I'm just I'm, I'm prepping you for the next few weeks. I think it's also important to understand why he speaks to us, why he wants to speak to us. I think John 15, 15 kind of gives us that reason. No longer do I call you slaves. You, for the slaves... For a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Because all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. The Greek word where it says, I have made known, it is not made known, it's actually spoken. So basically he said, I have made you friends, and because, uh, because all things that I have heard from my father, I have spoken to you. So why are we friends? What is the evidence that we're friends with God? is that He speaks to us. That's an evidence that we are His, that we're walking with Him, is that He will speak to us and show us who He is. He'll show us all the things that He's doing and then all the things He wants us to do to be a part of it, of what He's doing. So it's important. We have, even, and again, we talk about Moses, Exodus 33, verse 11. So the Lord used, used to speak to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to a friend. So in the beginning in the garden, when they walked in that fellowship with him, they walked as friends, close and talking, relationship, intimacy. God's plan the entire time was for us to get back to that place. So when Jesus went to the cross and he died, he was raised from the dead. Now he's at the right hand of the Father. And now we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now we have the ability to walk with him that same way. Granted, I don't, like, it's not like it was back then fully. We'll get to that point. When we get, back, when we get to heaven, it's going to get to that point. But right now, I have to kind of walk closely with the Lord in a different way, but then actually be in the room, like physically. Not Right now, he's here, but he's, I don't see him. Then I will see him fully. But it is a friendship that we have with him. We talked earlier about a friendship requires conversations. And re- uh, uh, conversations require more than one person talking. So one thing you can do, and it's important, when you're praying, um, I have had to learn to do this. I've mentioned this before. It is one of the most important things you can do if you want to hear from the Lord. Shut up. Shut up. Don't just talk a lot. Don't just ramble on and on about all the things He needs to do for you. Because that's what our prayer life's kind of come down to. We think about it. All I pray for is all my needs. Is it relational? Is it really just me just spending time with the Lord saying, I love you? Lord, how can, how can I serve you? What do you need from me? It's more about what I need from you. And so I keep rambling on and on and on and on, and I wonder why I don't hear from the Lord. I don't get instruction for my life. It's because you talk too much. I have to learn to be quiet before the Lord. One of the things I loved about our worship prayer night was that end. I love it. It was great. It was quiet. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm just like resting in the presence of the Lord. And here's the thing. It felt normal to me because I do that on a regular basis. I have times where I'm praying, times where I'm worshiping, and times where I'm just sitting. 
quietly in the presence of the Lord. And I'm just listening and I'm waiting. And sometimes I have to wait for a long time. But when the Lord begins to speak, it just begins to flow. It was worth the wait. It was worth the uncomfortable awkwardness of sitting by myself quietly, thinking, what am I doing here? It was worth all of the wait because when the Lord speaks words to me, it brings life to me. So that's the thing. The word of the Lord is life to us. So when he gives us instruction and speaks to us about something so clearly and so obviously, then I get a chance to be obedient to the Lord. And I do that. All of a sudden, I just begin to you understand what I'm saying. There's this flow that begins to happen. I remember years ago, sitting on the porch at my aunt's and uncle's house. It was all summer long. You know, back then, um, we were a little different than we are now, kids are nowadays. But we would go do stuff all day long and have fun. We'd be outside. We'd be running around riding bikes, playing football, baseball, whatever it might be. At night, we would sit. I remember I was eighth grade. Between eighth and ninth grade, it was a summer. And I remember sitting on the porch in the evening time all night long with a radio station on. We were just listening to music. And as you're just listening to music, sometimes a song just gets and you just start, start getting excited. So you start moving. It just begins to flow. Same thing happens. All of a sudden, you catch the rhythm of a song. I could tell you what year it was. It was 1989. Don't worry, be happy. It was a popular song. I never understood how that became a popular song, even back then. But, it's, but still, all these years later, the landlord said your rent is late. <laughs> right? It's still in my head. I still know the words. I don't know why. It was stupid. But um, the bottom line is, it was a rhythm that I caught because I sat and listened. You want to know how God moves? You want to know where God's going? Get in the rhythm of not just praying and not just worshiping. Those are good. Do those things. Not just reading. It's good. Do that. But get in the rhythm of quieting down and listening to the Lord. And then get into the rhythm of doing what He says. There's conventional wisdom. We should have wisdom. Wisdom is good. It is important. We should have it. But was it wise when the paralytic and his friends climbed through the roof to get to Jesus to get healed? Wasn't wise. Anybody who's just dealing with just wisdom alone would say, you're a fool. Yet Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, and he healed him. Because faith is important. Hearing from the Lord is important. Knowing that he heard the word of the Lord, he heard about Jesus and all the things he was doing, so he went and jumped on top of a roof, cut a hole in it, and dropped down. And That's a lot of money. I got a roof done in Minnesota. It was like $17,000 for a roof. Imagine with inflation now, it's like 45000 for like a shed roof. <laughs> like, that's inflation. But sometimes we want to know what the Word says and follow what we got to follow. Of course, we always got to follow what the Word says. Not sometimes, always. But there's times where we hear from the Lord, and it's something that is counter what I think is normal. It's really important that you know the Lord is not normal. Not when it comes to or compared to the patterns of the world that we live in. The world has its own rhythms and patterns, right? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. I'll just change that word. Don't be conformed to the rhythms of this world. So you have these rhythms. God is contrary to that. He's counter that culture. So hearing from the Lord, he's going to ask you to do things that are really wild sometimes. Things that don't make sense to you. But if you know without a doubt, and you will know when it's the Lord, trust me, that when He speaks and you respond in obedience, and all of a sudden everything cool begins to happen as a result of your obedience to the Lord, you'll be like, man, 
if I just would have, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have listened to myself so long. Right? The voice in my own head saying this, that, or the other. Let's get in a place where we're hearing from the Lord, caught in his presence, quietly listening. John 16, 12 through 15. This passage alone, I think, answers the questions that that denomination had. I don't understand what they're thinking. They haven't read the word, evidently. But John 16, 12 through 15. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at this present time. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. In other words, Jesus is like, I'm talking to all of you right now, but if I was to share everything with you, you'd be overwhelmed. You wouldn't be able to handle it. But there's coming a time after I'm gone where I'm going to send you the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He's going to live in you. And because he lives in you, you're going to have complete access every single day, no matter where you're at. Do you realize you can get quiet in your car while you're driving? Some of the greatest things I've ever heard from the Lord was on a freeway on a 12-hour trip. Everybody in my, everybody in my car is sleeping, except for me, because I'm driving. And so I just, put, for a while, put on soft worship music, pray, and then all of a sudden I just turn it off and it's quiet. I just enjoy that quiet for like two, three hours. And the Lord speaks because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And according to this passage, He doesn't just live in me, but He's going to speak the words of God to me. He's going to disclose the mysteries of the Lord to me. He's going to show me things, reveal things to me. So He wants to do that in you and He wants to do that in me, but it's up to me to position myself to hear the Lord waits. He's a, Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us. It's not like if you're just busy doing everything else but spending time with the Lord, he's not going to like just strong arm you to force you to hear him. He wants you to be obedient to what he already told you in his word. His word's very clear. We should be in his word and we should be spending time in prayer and we should be spending time just with him. So it's clear already. It's already laid out. We just need to do it. Once we do it and we create those rhythms and then we catch on to his rhythm, I imagine all of you guys this afternoon, you're just gonna you're gonna go this afternoon, you're gonna start praying to the Lord, and then why do you're just gonna start dancing? Because you're gonna catch the rhythm of the spirit. <laughs> but whatever the Lord, when he when he speaks, he speaks, he leads us into truth, and he and he speaks to us in mystery. He shows us all the things of the Lord. And so that's important because when he speaks, everything he says is true. So this is important. That when the Lord speaks, it won't be contrary to scripture, it will always be complementary to scripture. He's not going to say something that's opposite of what he already said. So we know that there are groups of people, did not, uh, religious groups that have, have actually created doctrines and beliefs contrary to the gospel. Right? We know it's happened. We're going to get into that in just a minute. I'm not going to read that just yet, but I want to read something else. But I'm going to read this passage in Romans chapter 10. But instead of going, I'm actually not going to, yeah, I'm going to start with, number, I'll start with verse 18. Verse 8, I mean. But what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you, are, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth a, he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. 
For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then are they to be how, how, how then are they to call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? But how are they to preach unless they are sent? Remember that conversation earlier? Who called you? Right here. You can't go preach unless you're sent. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news or bring, bring news of good things. However, you did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. One of the reasons it's important that we hear the Lord is because I believe that when we hear the Lord, it stirs our faith. Now, originally, when you first come to the Lord, you came to the Lord as a result of hearing. That's what this passage is talking about. The word of Christ is the gospel. It's the good news. That's what he's talking about in this passage. So a person who didn't know Jesus, had no faith at all, they heard a preacher. So that's one of the ways that God speaks is through people who are preachers, evangelists, prophets, right? He speaks through people. And he speaks, and you hear it, and that word hits your ears. It's not like I had this Easter Sunday when it ended. I had this family who came to church and they visited, came up to me afterwards, probably gave me the greatest compliment I have ever had as a preacher. And the compliment was not anything special. All it was was this. You know, we've been attending churches for a long time. We go visit places and go places. Not really normal churchgoers, not really following the Lord. But we've gone places. And we've gotten to the Bible, opened it up, and read it. And he goes, every time I read it, I'm more confused than when I started. This is true, right? It's true if you don't know the Lord and you just try to open it up and read it. Because the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. He teaches us all truth. Me reading the scripture, for me, I can go and break things down and go into Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of fun stuff. But the greatest moments is when I'm sitting there studying scripture and all of a sudden, boom, the Lord shows me something. It's the Holy Spirit speaking. Well, they don't have that. So they're reading it and they're like confused more and more and more. Then I go to churches and every time I hear somebody preach, I get more confused. And he said that we really enjoyed it. He said that we understood everything you were saying. He said, there are scriptures that you spoke on that we talked about that we didn't understand, but now we understand. You spoke it on our level. And I'm like, so what happened is they came into this place. The Holy Spirit was present and moving. And the word was spoke, and that word hit their ears, and it opened their eyes to some things. I'm praying now that that seed has been planted, that the Lord moves, and that they begin to respond to him in obedience by surrendering their hearts to him, right? Because that's how it works. The word comes out, it hits the ears, and it's up to us. I hear the word, I receive the word, then I do the word, right? It's that kind of thing that we're doing here. And so I heard that, and I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy because if you, can't, if you can't communicate the word in a way that even the youngest person in the room can understand, I probably shouldn't be a preacher. I probably should be teaching or doing something else to those who are more mature in the faith. Because I gotta be able to, I gotta, I, they gotta be able to comprehend it. Everything that everybody in the room, everybody in the room should be able to comprehend the words that I speak when I teach. And if you can't, I need to reflect. <laughs> and, I, and if you don't understand it, tell me. And I'll, I'll try to figure out what I did wrong that time, and I'll do it right the next time, because it is so important, because the word needs to come out in a way that is received by every person in the room so that they can respond to the word of Christ and receive Jesus. But that's where it begins. We hear the word, and all of a sudden I have faith in Jesus. I'm living for the Lord, but I've noticed this, that my entire time that I've walked with the Lord, every single time he said to me, go do this, or this is going to happen, or whatever it might be, and then I, I act in obedience and I see it happen, my faith increases. So hearing the word of the Lord increases our faith. It doesn't just bring us to faith, but it also is always constantly causing our faith to grow. Because I've, I've heard him say it, I was obedient to it, and then he did it. 
Like, that's pretty cool, right? That God's doing those things. So it's important that I learn to connect with the Lord that way so that I can see him move. I mentioned a minute ago this group of people. There's a group of people who kind of create their own doctrines regarding the word. This is important. This is why the word has to be tested. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is accursed. In other words, I've preached to you the message of Jesus, right? Christ crucified, raised from the dead. This is the message we preach. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the message that you preach. Anybody who deviates from this, in other words, it doesn't matter who comes to you at this point. This is what, really what Paul's saying. It doesn't matter who shows up. Gideon had an angel show up and talk to him, and it was a good thing. What, what Paul's saying here is that angel shows up to you and tells you anything contrary to what we've taught you now, then you need to forget about it. Throw it out. It's not from the Lord. This is why we test everything. I, I picture a strainer and you're pulling, you're pouring this water into a bucket through a strainer and there's little clumps that kind of maybe don't get through. That's kind of what the Word of God is for us and also what the Holy Spirit is for us. Discernment is just as important. We have discernment that we have been given by the Lord that as things come into our life, as people be, begin to speak, I don't receive it from everybody. Not everybody's a prophet. I know it became very popular over the last few years for everybody to be a prophet, everybody to be a prophetess, and everybody, it's, it's, it became a popular thing in our culture. Everybody wants to be that or an apostle. Not everybody is. So while it's important for us to hear the word of the Lord for ourselves, it's also important to know that you don't listen to every single voice that comes through. Mormonism was founded because a guy by the name of Joseph Smith had an encounter with an angel named Moroni. By the way, it's a stupid name for an angel. Moron, Moron exactly. It's, this, is an, this is an angel that's not mentioned anywhere in Scripture, right? According to what we read in Scripture, if an angel is going to be named and show up, it probably should be somebody that we already seen mentioned. But this strange angel by the name of Moroni showed up to Joseph Smith and gave him all of these instructions, which eventually became the Book of Mormon. Now they preach Jesus, but not the same Jesus we see in Scripture. There's a lot of added stuff. I read through the Book of Mormon, and honestly, the very first thing I did after I got done reading it was started a fire. It's the very first thing that I did after I read it. I read it because I had, at that time I was a youth pastor, and I had a lot of kids that we were connected with because one of our youth had friends that were from Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they started coming to my youth group. I was happy about that, but I also wanted to know what I was getting into because I want to have conversations with them. I read it, and then I burned it. And I read it and I burned it because here's the thing. If an angel shows up saying something contrary, he says it right here, then it is not from the Lord. And so we have to understand that when God speaks, he speaks in rhythms, but he also speaks consistency. Right? It's like one song, when you listen to a song, how many songs do you, who does music? You, know, you do music. Anybody else do music? You do music. Um, how many times have you heard a song that has eight rhythms in it? Usually doesn't happen, right? Usually the song has a specific rhythm, melody, and all that it kind of goes, goes together. Um, this is the same way God works. It's not like confusing, right? We follow the word of the Lord. And so the Lord will give you a word and speak to you, but it's going to be consistent, always consistent. We can't fall into these traps. But don't let those traps deter you from trying. But I've heard things before and I found out it wasn't the Lord. You're human. Every one of us are human. I went and did something I knew wasn't from the Lord, and I paid the price for it, but I learned a lesson. I didn't stop listening. 
I didn't stop pressing in. I didn't stop saying, Lord, I want to hear your voice. And instead, I'm like, more, more, I need to hear it. Like, Lord, I need you to hear your voice clearer. And so I started tuning in a little bit more to his frequencies so that I can be where he is at and go where he's going and move how he's moving and speak what he's speaking, right? I want to be able to do those things. I want to honor the Lord with my life. I don't want to just do the right things. I want to go the right places. I want to talk to the right people. That requires me to hear from the Lord. Over the next four or five messages, I think it's probably going to be somewhere in that range. It won't be quite seven sermons like the last series. I never, never say never. But over the next couple, next month or so, we're going to really get into um, the different things we can do, the rhythms that we can create that we see in Scripture that cause us to be able to in step with His rhythm that then all of a sudden give us the ear to be able to hear the voice of the Lord so we can be obedient to the Lord in that. Um, we may even talk a little bit about the gifts of the Spirit because some of, some of those things are exactly what we're talking about right now. They're talking specifically, you have, a, you have a gift of the word of knowledge? What is the word of knowledge? It's like I'm talking to Phil, and we're praying at an altar, and the Lord gives me a word about something that's going on in his life that I have no clue about, but I just start speaking. This is what's going on, and this is, but this is what the Lord says, right? This is, so this is a word of knowledge. I'm speaking of knowledge I have no clue about, but the Holy Spirit is speaking. Word of wisdom. All of a sudden, you're seeking counsel from the Lord on something, and I don't know what it is, but I'm praying with, I don't know anything about it, but I'm praying with you, and all of a sudden, the Lord gives me a word of wisdom and instruction for you. Um, it, the gifts of the Spirit are exactly what we're talking about here in some ways. God will speak to you in your prayer closet. God will speak to you in your car. God will speak to you through people who have gifts in the church. There's all kinds of ways. So we're going to learn all of those things, but at the same time, we're going to learn along the way how to recognize something that is not from the Lord too. Because even when somebody gives a word in the church, by the way, I've done this one time in my entire time in ministry. I've only done this once. But I warn anybody who gives a word from the Lord... <laughs> that if you speak something that is not from the Lord, we'll talk about it. And if it's something that causes a lot of disruption, I'll probably get up right here on a Sunday morning and address it before anybody goes home. Because not everything's from the Lord. You have to learn how to, the thoughts that you have, am I hearing from the Lord? There's sometimes things that go through my head and I'm questioning whether it's the Lord or not. Well, if I'm questioning it, I should just stay quiet until I discern and figure it out, Right? So we're going to learn these things. We're going to learn how to connect with God on a greater level. Our relationship with the Lord just grows when we have a connection with Him in word, physically, written word, but also in rhema word, where He speaks to us regularly. Build your faith. Stirs a passion and a fire more so than you've ever had. I promise you that. The more you hear the Lord speak, the more you'll be stirred. The more you'll love being obedient to the voice of the Lord, right? A lot of times we want to be obedient to our own voices. Even when I know he's speaking, I just want to do my own thing. But eventually be like, I don't want to listen to myself at all anymore. I'm not that smart. <laughs> but the Lord, his word is amazing. Amen? Amen. Come on, we're going to close. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for the fact that we don't have just a stagnant, dry connection, Lord, that we're not just here meeting together and singing songs, but we're actually encountering you. 
We thank you today, Lord, that we get to walk with you and the relationship we have, the thing that separates you from any other false god, or all false gods except for you, is the fact that we have communion with you, that we have relationship with you, that we talk to you and you talk back. Lord, we're so grateful for that, that we get the opportunity and the privilege to know you today. Lord, we thank you that that even though sometimes we have a tendency to listen to our own voice or listen to the enemy's voice or listen to the voice of those around us, Lord, I thank you that you are still gracious and that when we finally come to that right place of listening to you, you do amazing things, Lord. So we thank you for that today. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing love towards us. I pray for all of us in this room, Lord, today, that we will learn how to discern between your voice and other voices that we would learn how to hear you and then respond in obedience, that we wouldn't be stuck. We sometimes just get stuck with our own ways of thinking. Instead, though, we want to be obedient to your voice. So we pray today you'd help us to do that. We'll be obedient to your voice, which is in align with your word. So we pray today you'd help us to do that. We love you. We thank you for the privilege of serving you today, today Jesus. Help our relationship with you to grow, to be stronger, to be more fruitful and to be filled with joy and peace and rest. Lord, I know all of that happens when we allow you to speak to us today. Help us to get in rhythm with your rhythm, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.